You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click donate. And something for us in this experience shifted because of this meeting. As the Reverend Emily Towns so eloquently states in, in Journey to Liberation, when you start with an understanding that God loves everyone, justice isn't very far behind. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to episode 273 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor might have to offer us today in our work of love, action, compassion, and justice. Our title this week is Courage in the Face of Setbacks, and our feature text is Mark 1, 14, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So in between Christmas and New Year's or or shortly after the the Christmas holidays, I I spent some time uh, just in in reflection and, and contemplating the future of Renewed Heart Ministries. This year is going to be our our 12th year, if you can believe that. Renewed Heart Ministries, uh, we've been sharing the message of love and inclusion for over a decade now. But four and a half years ago, something for us changed. We were introduced to a a precious community of people who are the objects of of God's love and who, who most deeply face, at the same time, marginalization on a, a daily basis. And, and something for us in this experience uh, shifted because of this meeting. As the Reverend Emily Towns so eloquently states in, in Journey to Liberation, when you start with an understanding that God loves everyone, justice isn't very far behind. And in 2014, Renewed Heart Ministries, we started to become a, a, a welcoming and affirming ministry. Um, welcoming and affirming our LGBTQ uh, uh, friends and family and neighbors, and and we've become more intentional and and passionate about the intersection of the teachings of Jesus in the Gospels and our work today of increasing the love, compassion, action, and justice in, in society. It's been a time for us of of rebirth. It's been a time of rebuilding here at Renewed Heart Ministries. And we believe we're a much healthier ministry and a much with a much healthier focus as a result. Yet these changes, as beautiful as they've been, they've also not been without deep loss, loss of both former friends and, and loss of, of support. And that's why this week's text spoke to me uh, th- th- this uh, post-holiday season, Mark 1, 14, after John was put in prison. That's the part that jumped out at me. John John was Jesus's mentor. He he had refused to follow in his father's footsteps and be a priest of of the temple state. And and possible reasons could have been that uh, the temple state's exploitation of the poor or its complicity with Rome as as a a logical means of, of survival. John had chosen instead 
another very Jewish option, and he chose to stand in the stream of actions that are found among the Hebrew prophets, uh, the habitat of, of the wilderness. He chose to, to live uh, outside of Jerusalem and, and, and to speak truth uh, to power. But for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, and, and power typically responds to those who seek to name injustice. The reaction of Herod to John's outspoken critiques and, and, and John's call for change, Herod's action was to initially have him arrested. Herod expected uh, the arrest to silence John. And those who, who've read the story know that, that John is eventually executed. But at this point in the story, uh, where Mark 1.14 comes in, John is simply arrested. He's silenced by being forcibly removed from, from the masses. And, and actually, like these by those in power, their purpose to intimidate others or to discourage them from pursuing similar courses, uh, their acts of terror at worst and, and their acts of warning at, at best. But John's imprisonment by the political leader Herod, it had to have had an effect on Jesus. It was a, a significant setback and possibly also a warning. Jesus was setting out on a course for which John had cleared the way. John had blazed a path. In the words of Isaiah, John had been, Isaiah 40, verse 3, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And when the question has to, to, to come up, uh, when Jesus contemplated what, was, what had just happened to John and the path he was following, would Jesus turn back? Would Jesus abandon his, his solidarity with the marginalized sectors of his own society? Or would he renew his purpose in the face of or in spite of John's imprisonment? And for me, what Jesus did next in the story shows his, his courage. Jesus chose to stand in solidarity with the vulnerable with the marginalized of his society in the face of, of deeply troubling uh, political consequences. John had just been imprisoned. Let that sink in for a minute. He had just been arrested. And it's immediately afterwards that G Jesus, in Matthew 5, he chooses to stand before the masses and resolutely say, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light 
of the world. Jesus in Matthew 5, 3 through 14, he's choosing the community of those who, first off, he names those whose whose spirit has been so badly broken by, by systems of injustice. I think of those today who who no longer have the spirit to, to keep fighting for a just world, who, who've lost uh, faith that another world is even possible. Those are the, the, the poor in spirit. He chose those who mourn because of the present structure. And I think of parents like like those of Trayvon Martin or, or, or more recently, eight-year-old uh, Felipe Gomez Alonso or seven-year-old Jacqueline Kale Maquin, uh, whose hearts, parents whose hearts have been broken by by deep loss caused by our society's systemic injustice. This is loss that's so deep for a parent. It, It seems at times that there's no way this can ever be repaired. Jesus chose the meek. He he chose those who who this world typically walks all over. He chose the community of the ones who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And that's that Hebraic idea of, of societal distributive justice or, or an end of violence and an end of impression who hunger and thirst for that kind of righteousness. He, he also affirms the community of the merciful. I think of those who who right now see immigrants seeking asylum and they welcome them. They mercifully welcome them rather than coldly stating they they deserve harsh treatment. Jesus names the pure in heart. And in our time, I, I think of those who refuse to be shaped by capitalism's priorities of profit over people. And he, he names peacemakers, not peacekeepers, he, peacemakers, those who are willing to disturb the peace to work for a distributive justice that will give birth to, to genuine peace where, where everyone has enough and no one has too much while others are going without. And, and finally, and I wonder if Jesus was thinking of John at, at this moment, he mentions those who are persecuted for the cause of justice, those who, who speak truth to power, who name bigotry and exclusion and marginalization and exploitation and oppression, and they experience deep loss as a result of their outspokenness. He mentions those who are insulted uh, by the privileged and who are falsely labeled as dangerous or evil or even heretical or, or maybe even too radical. Yet it's this community of the poor, the, the oppressed, the marginalized, the abused in the mourning that Jesus names as the salt of the earth and, and the light of the world and, and, and learning to listen to those whose experiences are, are different from our own, those who are most vulnerable uh, to a variety of injustices. That It's in learning to listen to this community that we begin to see because they are the light of the world. It's in learning to listen to the stories and the voices of, of communities who daily face oppression that we encounter the choice to change or the and the possibility of our social life, our, our life together as a human family, uh, that life being preserved. In that way, they're the salt uh, of the earth. And I can't help but uh, think that Jesus might have been afraid too to stand in solidarity with those that this world makes last. Uh, would he also be arrested like John? Could choosing and modeling a a preferential option for those that society makes last in one degree or another, could it even cost him his life? These had to be the questions he was wrestling with. And we all know 
how the Jesus story ended. At the beginning of the Jesus story, though, it, it was still being played out. We know the end, but at this point in the story, uh, we're still watching it unfold. So this year, it, it means everything to me that as Jesus pondered his future, if he, like John, continued to walk alongside and an advocate for the, the, the oppressed, Jesus chose to keep believing uh, that another world was possible. Jesus chose to keep working toward a world where, where those who are presently made last would one day be prioritized as those who are presently favored as first. That's what the whole parable in Matthew 28 through 16 is about. And, and lastly, this contemplation, this, this time of, of deeply considering uh, both John and Jesus, it also makes me think of where Renewed Heart Ministries is today and what the future may hold for us. Has Renewed Heart Ministry faced setbacks as a result of our our choice to, to stand alongside those who are, are being marginalized in one very real sense, uh, yes. But in another very real sense, we're in a better place today than we've ever been. And never before has the, the Jesus story so deeply resonated with us. I'm, I'm thankful for those who have taken the time and invested their energy to, to open our eyes. And I'm thankful for those who follow us, who still follow us, who were willing to have their eyes opened too uh, alongside us. Like Jesus, uh, we choose to work for a world where those presently made last are treated the same as those who are presently prioritized as first. And today, there are so many forms of being made last. Uh, there are so many bases for, for why others are treated less than another. But our differences, whether it be race, gender, education, religion, sexual orientation, gender identity or expression, whether it be class, ability, whatever, those differences don't make us less than another. Humanity is richly diverse, but we are all still family. And it's for this human family that alongside those that have gone before us and alongside those that are presently making similar choices and even alongside those who come after us, that we here at Renewed Heart Ministries, we dedicate 2019 to continuing the work of shaping our world into a safer, just, and more compassionate home for all, especially those that Jesus might call blessed members of the kingdom of God. After John was put in prison, Mark 1.14, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Heart group application this week. This week as a group, I want you to open up Matthew 5, 3 through 12 and explore through discussion. If Jesus were to speak these words today, whom would he say were the blessed recipients of his vision for, for his human community? What he called the kingdom? Who would he say were blessed? Who would he, whom would he say would inherit uh, the earth? Whom would he say would, would see God? Whom would he name? In 2014, I was a, a guest speaker at my first kinship camp meeting, and I want to put a link um, in this week's e-site to this experience, how this experience where I wrote about 
about how this experience impacted me and and whom I chose uh, in making my own list of the Beatitudes then. And and this is just an example for this exercise. You can look at the link and see uh, uh, what I've put there. And then look at our world today and come up with your own list. Come up with your own Beatitudes. Who are the groups and the communities that Jesus would call blessed uh, today? And, And discuss how you too, like Jesus, like John, how you can work alongside these communities to bring concrete change this year in 2019. And then pick something from your discussion and begin doing it. That last part is most important. Um, May 2019 bring us closer to rather than further away from that pearl of great price, that world that, that's worth the cost, that world where everyone is safe, where everyone has enough, and where compassion and love are, are the basis of our relating to one another. Happy New Year to each of you. Thank you for checking in with us. I'm so glad you did. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.